Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Victor's Valiant. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and with me, as always, are my two co-hosts, Andy and Cullen. Guys, how are we feeling after uh, that week one win? I can't, I can't complain about anything so far. That's right, one and all, one and all. We're looking good. Yep, Michigan is one and zero after their uh, season opening victory against the Florida Gators down in Jerry World in Arlington, Texas. Uh, they they won 33 to 17. Most of the game was really dictated by uh, defense and special teams. Uh, each team with a, a few turnovers. Um, uh, Wilton Spade, of course, had the two pick sixes, but uh, it seemed like the Florida Gators must have had some popcorn or butterfingers before the uh, start of the game because they could just not hang on to the football at all. Michigan took advantage of all that, especially the uh, uh, really the uh, the clinching uh, sack by Chase Winovich in the end zone and the uh, a fumble recovery uh, in the back of the end zone uh, for the touchdown by Noah Furbush that really put them up. Uh, that was when they went up 33-17. That was uh, really the, that was the only touchdown scored in that fourth quarter. So uh, any and really the only point scored in that quarter. Uh, so very defensive, uh, very dictated by the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, obviously, Michigan's were uh, more powerful on on both sides. I thought the offensive line looked really good. Uh, the running backs were actually able to get some space. Isaac had uh, over 100 yards. Chris Evans had 78 yards. Higdon had a few nice runs. He had the one touchdown there early on in the game. Um, uh, meanwhile, Florida could just they they couldn't have any anything go right for them on uh, the offensive side of the ball. They, they started with yeah they started with Felipe Franks at quarterback, uh, the redshirt freshman, uh, big six six, uh, very similar to. Uh, Wilton Spade in stature. Uh, he, he actually looked uh, pretty good. He had some good throws. Um, but after he fumbled the ball, uh, uh, scrambling on a third down, they uh, replaced him with Malik Zaire, the transfer quarterback from Notre Dame, who uh, uh, he was just getting sacked left and right. He finished the game actually with negative 29 yards, uh, most of those coming from sacks. Um, but, yeah, they just they didn't have an answer at all on offense the entire day. Michigan's defensive line controlled everything that happened on their offense. The only uh, three points that they scored were on their very first uh, possession of the game. And uh, really the only reason they were able to uh, get into field goal range was because of that. Uh, the very first play from scrimmage, Devin Bush had the uh, uh, personal foul penalty. But uh, other than that, it was a, a pretty clean clean sweep uh, for the Michigan defense. But do you, uh, I want to ask you guys, and I'll start with Andy, do you think that uh, – that most of this game was dictated by how good Michigan's defense is or, uh, or how bad uh, Florida's offense is? Um, I, I would have to say I think it goes a little bit of both ways. I, I don't want to take anything away from Michigan's defense because what they did was absolutely phenomenal. They shut down that offense. Whether it was missing Callaway and the starting running back or not, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I, either way, Michigan's uh, defense was phenomenal during that game. But uh, Florida's offense definitely wasn't good. and I mean, they were definitely missing pieces. So that had something to do with it, but without Michigan's offense being able to, or Michigan, sorry, Michigan's offense, Michigan's defense being able to shut them down like that, they still had to do the job, and they did it. They put constant pressure in that backfield. They, they had all kinds of different schemes. And so, yeah, their, their defense just kind of kept rolling that way all day, and they had to do the job. And, I mean, pe- people like Bush and McCray, th- those two were playing phenomenal at the middle all day. The different schemes that Michigan ran on defense to kind of confuse them to open up holes for Bush to get in that backfield – and race havoc was phenomenal. Thank God he didn't get thrown out to start the game, or else I think it's a different, honestly, a different look on defense for Michigan because he was all over the field all day. 
Um, and I was very impressed the way the corners were able to hold their own. Obviously, Florida's quarterback situation wasn't the greatest, but um, they, they played a good game too. So I think overall it's more Michigan's defense was just that good. They were able to shut them down because I think as the season goes on, Florida's offense is going to have, I mean, not maybe not that much better performances, but they're going to definitely do better than that. That might be their worst performance of the year by the end of the year. So M- Michigan's defense looked great. They look fast, and they look very talented and young. And, and like they said, um, afterwards, just because they're young doesn't mean they can't be just as good as they were a year ago, and, and that's true. They have they have so much talent in that defense um, that they, they proved it on Saturday. Colin, what do you think? Yeah, I kind of have to agree with Andy on this. Uh, obviously, you know, Florida's offense, they're not the best. They were missing some guys, but you saw what Michigan's defense did last year under Don Brown, even the year before that. Under DJ Durkin, and they've been slowly getting better and better. So you have to give Michigan credit for because they had proven it in the past. Um, obviously, their athleticism this year is at a whole new level. Like you said, guys like Bush, um, McCray, uh, and then Hudson Metellus, they've just added that extra dimension to Michigan's pass rush, and it was just phenomenal to watch. It didn't even matter who was in that backfield, whether they had Scarlett at running back, whether they had Callaway on the outside. I mean, their quarterback had no time to throw. The running backs had no lanes. Had I mean, the second they got the ball, they were already getting buried in the backfield. So it really didn't matter if those guys were suspended or not. Michigan's uh, defensive line and linebackers were just always in the backfield, just wreaking, wreaking havoc. You even saw um, Booger McFarland after the game tweeted that he compared that Michigan's front seven is on the same levels as Bama's. Like, it is that good. So you've got to give credit where credit is due. Um, obviously, Florida, they're on, they, they haven't been known for their offense the last couple of years, but when you face a front seven like that, it doesn't matter what team you are. You're going you're gonna to be in for a world of hurt all game. So I think Michigan's defense um, deserves the credit there. And I think going forward, every team is uh, definitely going to circle that game on the schedule. And they're all, you know each team they face from now on, their own lines are going to be, extra, are gonna be uh, preparing extra hard that week, uh, along with the quarterbacks and all that, to prepare for that attack. Yeah, I, I, I think the same thing as you guys. I think it was a little bit of both. Obviously, Michigan's defensive line with Rashawn Gary, Mo Hurst being in there, uh, you know, Mo blowing up wide great. receiver screens left and right. That was phenomenal. Uh, pair that with Chase Winovich and Brian Monet, and then uh, Carlo Kemp came in, played really nice. And then the linebackers, like you said, uh, uh, McCray and, and Bush obviously had a really good game. Uh, Josh Metalis. I mean, you combine all of that with uh, the lack of talent that Florida currently has. Uh, you know, uh, going up against the defensive lines, uh, it, it just was a world of hurt coming for whoever was uh, under center at quarterback there for Florida. Uh, it didn't really matter who it was going to be. Uh, they were in for a world of pain, and that's basically what happened. Zaire got lit up a few times, actually. Um, two that I can remember by Winovich, uh, specifically. He kind of got sandwiched on one play, and then obviously the uh, uh, fumble in the end zone uh, that was caused by Winovich at the very end of the game. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. I think it was a little bit of both. But uh, Florida's offense, I thought they had a really nice receiver, that uh, Tyree Cleveland. He actually came down with some real nice catches. Uh And uh, I I think uh, you pair that with Callaway for the rest of the season, uh, they got two real nice receivers down in Florida. That's a great point, Vaughn. Because that's why I think if they do have Callaway in the game, I think it definitely still makes a difference to have him in the game. I mean, that's one of your best players and you're losing them. So, regardless, I I don't want to, like, act like – if he's in the game, that it would have, or that since he wasn't in the game, that it was easier for Michigan. Because I mean, that's one less guy to worry about. That's really good. I mean, you got to yeah. say that. I think either way, exactly. But their quarterbacks just didn't have time to throw, regardless. So even if he, even if he was in there, yeah, maybe he makes a couple plays, but he wouldn't have had that many opportunities when you have yeah. Sean Gary and Mo Hurst in the face of their quarterbacks every single play. That's a good really, point as really well. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and, he, they might have scored a little, a few more points, but it wasn't going to be that. It wasn't going to make up the difference in the game. 
See, I don't know if they would have scored any more points, but just the fact that yeah, I don't even know if they would have scored more. Just but... the fact that you're able to make plays and and do something, because uh, most of those catches that that I can remember from Tyree Cleveland were uh, scrambles from Malik Zaire mm-hmm. having to get out of the pocket because guys like Gary and uh, all those line speedy linebackers, Dem Bush, all those guys are chasing after him. He has to roll out and uh, quickly just try to get it away. I'm pretty sure one of them uh, was basically just going to be a throwaway. But Tyree Cleveland was able to still make the grab and uh, tiptoe his way out of bounds, which was a really nice one. And uh, so just being able to do that with uh, what they had on Saturday, I thought was uh, you know remarkable. Um, you know, with with the tech I, I would that say were suspended, but uh, it, it could have been it could have been uh, a little better for Florida uh, given the circumstances. I, I would say that Michigan's defensive speed, like as a as a team defense, I think looked better than they did a year ago. To be honest, in that opening game, 100%. I mean, I, I think that Michigan, yeah, I think that Michigan's defense last year was good in its own way. But that team, it, it, no, it doesn't really matter how young they are; they can move sideline to sideline quicker than I think they could a season ago. Absolutely, there's no doubt that. about that. No doubt about that, especially with their linebackers. Think about last year. Obviously, Ben Gideon was a good player, but he didn't have the speed that someone like Hudson did. Yeah. And then, uh, someone like Demonte Thomas wasn't quite as athletic as someone like Josh Metellus. So while they're not as deep and as, and as experienced as they were a year ago, they're far more athletic. And we knew that coming in, but you saw just how fast uh, Don Brown can develop these young studs. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and, and, and his system, he, he makes his players work in it. I mean, that's a, he needs, I think he needs to really be getting a lot more credit because not that Harbaugh shouldn't be talked about because he has been a great coach. I mean, over the past, ever since Don Brown's been there, it never seems to be their defense that's really losing the game for him. You know, it's always kind of the offense that makes a mistake and puts the defense in a bad situation. So it already looks like, again, he's got this defense in a position to where it could win the Big Ten, and, that, and that's a legitimate statement. Yep. I mean, you, you even heard it from Wilton Spade after the game, too. He was saying, thank God for Don Brown being able to build yeah. that defense and really capitalize on the mistakes that they had on offense early in that game. Uh, if if not for that, then who knows what the uh, outcome of the game would have been. It could have been a lot closer than what it was or uh, what it seemed to be at least. But uh, uh, moving mm-hmm. on, I, I do want to talk about Wilton Spate uh, momentarily here. I'm, um, you know, he had the two uh, pick sixes there in the second quarter. It seemed like things were really starting to fall apart. All the momentum was going back to Florida. Uh, uh, they went up 17 to 10. Uh, they were down seven, uh, 10 to three. Uh, before all that, then going up 17 to 10 after the two pick sixes on uh, two straight drives, uh, really looked like Michigan's offense uh, w- was struggling to find uh, a- a really anything at all. I know that uh, uh, Grant Perry uh, had the one catch for a first down, but it got uh, called back there for uh, for him spinning the ball, uh, whatever the uh, penalty <laughs> ended up being there. But that was. You know, another conversation for another day, but that kind of put them back. Yeah. A little bit. Had to change their game plan up a little bit. Um, so ended up running and then throwing uh, over the middle to Crawford, and that got tipped for the interception. And then the second one, obviously, all of that one's on Wilton Spate. He just overthrew Grant Perry there on that third and third and uh, uh, medium play there uh, right after the first pick six. So, do you guys uh, do you guys have? Uh, as much faith in Wilton Spate right now as you did uh, maybe before the game started or heading into the season? Do you still have that faith that you did? I mean, I, I think that I do. Um, I, I mean, th- those are a couple mistakes, but you got to remember it's week one. It's a whole new set of people, like, catching the ball for him. So it's a little bit different. And, and, and that first interception, I want to say, I don't think that was his fault. 
Um, can't think of the receiver right now who was trying to catch Crawford. it, but that that was yeah Crawford. There you go. Still, it hit him in the hands, and he, and Crawford's got to come down with that ball. He's got to make that catch. At the end of the day, I I I don't think that it was a little high, but when it's right off the tip of the fingers, you can see him basically almost go through his hands when he tries to catch the ball. Like you, you got to make that catch. That that's not as much on spate. The second one was obviously just a very errant pass and was over the receiver and he missed. Yeah. But Wilton's the kind of guy that's going to get it down, and, and and that's why I wrote about in the story that I did that. You know that was as as good as the defense was all game, and they were clearly the difference in the game. If they don't, if Michigan doesn't have their defense, I don't. I mean, who knows if they win that game? To be honest, I mean, they didn't end up scoring enough points, but if they don't have a defense that good, Florida might score more points as well. Um, so, but that drive that uh, Wilton Spate put together, coming out of the half after being taken out of the game for those two possessions, <laughs> it really showed how quick he can turn himself around, even after he makes mistakes. He made a lot of good passes on that drive, drove him down the field, and they end up getting a touchdown, take the twenty seventeen lead, and they never had to look back. That's the kind of stuff that I think he can do. And if you keep going, you know, week by week here, and he's had a couple of games that should be a little bit easier for Michigan to win. Um, I, I, I think that, and not to say that this Florida game wasn't easy for him to win, because that game probably should have been a blowout if they could have finished off some of those drives. And if there wasn't Absolutely. the pick sixes, you know, that, that was the kind of game that could have been 49-3. to It was a lot closer than it even looks. So um, moving forward, you know, getting, getting a couple weeks where he should be able to work with these receivers a little bit better with lesser of opponents. Um, I, I don't think there's any doubt that space can get better as the season goes on. Like I said before the season, I am personally a, a fan of Wilton Spade. I don't think he's a, I think he's at least a good college quarterback at this time, and he's shown it at times. He does need to work on his accuracy a little bit because he can't make those mistakes because it seems like Penn State and Wisconsin on the road or in Ohio State at the end of the season. Can't make those kind of mistakes all game or you won't win them. So he does need to correct on that. But overall, right now, he knows that he's the only quarterback in this team that really can lead him to victory. I, I don't. I don't think John O'Corn can. I don't think Brandon Peters is ready yet. So, I, overall, I'm I'm confident Wilton Spade moving forward, and I think he can at least suit the position for this team because they have enough talent around him for them to still be good. And you absolutely can't make those mistakes like he did against Florida. You can't make those against Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State, like you said, because those teams actually have capable offenses of putting up points on your defense. Yep. That's exactly what Florida did not have and exactly why Wilton Spate was giving so much praise to Don Brown for uh, being so well-prepared and having those schemes that they were able to put up against Florida to where their offense wasn't able to do anything. If you put Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley in that same situation, they would have scored. They would have put points on the board. Yeah, if you put, <laughs> Michigan would have lost that yeah, game. Yeah, you put no JT doubt. Barrett and whoever is at the running back, or, you know, whoever it may be on Ohio State, they're going to probably put up points. Florida was not able to put up points because their offense is incapable of doing that against a defense like Michigan. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at this moment in time, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a Wilton Spate fan, but I am an advocate for him being the starting quarterback just because you don't really have a whole lot of other options. Obviously, everyone's, you don't at all. <laughs> uh, everyone was basing Brandon Peters off uh, the, the spring game, and that that's fine. He had a good spring game, but that's about it. Obviously, he's not the starting quarterback for a reason. Harbaugh put Spade out there for a reason. I have faith in Harbaugh in whatever decision that he wants to do. That's fine. He's the quarterback guru. He he knows how to do all that stuff. And if Wilton Spade is that number one guy and John O'Corn's number two, that's fine. If you want to put John O'Corn in every once in a while and see what he can do, he had a nice throw to Tariq Black there on Saturday uh, that picked up 30 or so yards. So if you want to do that every once in a while, that's fine. Um, But I would say... I. He looked good early, and he did have some nice throws. He had that nice throw to Eubanks to get them into the red zone. He had that nice throw to Perry to get them into the red zone uh, a second time. 
So I would say that my faith in Wilton Spate right now is it, it's there, but I, I'm not a fan whatsoever. But whatever Harbaugh wants to do, I am totally on board with it because at this point you got to trust uh, your head ball coach there. Colin, what do you think? Do you have uh, you have the the faith in Wilton Spate that uh, that we have? See, I keep going back and forth on this because he'll he'll make some really nice throws and he'll start to make you believe in him again. And then he'll just go and throw two straight pick sixes and you totally lose all confidence in him again. <laughs> yeah. So it's constantly going back and forth and it's so damn frustrating because you figured year three of the Jim Harbaugh era, we would have you know our all-American quarterback already. We'd have some stud. And instead, we're still stuck with a guy. We're not even sure if he's a good, if he's a game manager. Because did he really manage the game on Saturday? I mean, he almost blew it. Which when yeah. all he had to do was pr- was pretty much go three and out when the defense was taking yeah. care of business. Yeah. He was giving up points that the defense wasn't even giving up. But then after that, I'll give him credit. Um, after being on the bench a little bit, he he rec- he calmed himself down. He got his composure back. He led a great drive at the start of the third quarter, and I thought he did a pretty good job the rest of the game, getting them uh, back in the field goal range and all that. Would like to see him finish off drives better. Some of that also goes to the play calling. I think Drevno needs to make put him in some better situations to make some good throws. Like you said, I love that one to Eubanks. He had some other nice ones to uh, Black and Crawford. But then, of course, he missed Crawford again later for a wide-open touchdown, which would have put it away. Yep. And, then, uh, and then it forced Norton to, to attempt his bazillion 50-yard field goal in his first ever game. So, I mean, like I said, he'll, he'll draw you in with some nice plays, and then he'll make you, and then he'll piss you off again with some other ones. Um, like you said, Andy, a few gimme games, the next three at home, um, that'll help him out a lot, especially the young receivers, help them get some confidence and some game experience. But going forward, I'm not sure if he's the guy that's going to lead you to a Big Ten championship. You have the defense. It looks like now you finally have the running game to match with that. Finally had a big, big running performance against a good defense for the first time in forever. Do we have the quarterback play yet? I'm not sure. I can't say yes or no at this point. We'll have to find out. And, Colin, I think what you said about him not being able to finish off drives is a very, a very good point because that, that seems, that's kind of been the problem with him, I think, since last season is even when he doesn't make the mistakes, like he obviously needs to just cut off the mistakes completely. He can't keep making passes like he did to get pick sixes. You, can't, you just can't give up back-to-back pick sixes because that just completely changes the momentum of the game. That, that, that doesn't work. And, but but the, he, when he gets downfield like that, you can't just keep settling for field goals against teams that are good because you got to get the ball in the end zone because you got to keep up with how many points they're going to be scoring. Not that Michigan's defense should be allowing that many points this year. I, I expect a lot of the bigger games in the Big Ten to kind of be within like the 20-point range um, when Michigan plays against them at the most because they just have such a good defense and they look so fast. But Wilton Spade does need to finish off a lot of those drives if he wants to be one of the better quarterbacks, you know, to come out of the Harbaugh at time. Because obviously he still has another season that he could possibly be here, so he has a lot of time. But you heard Harbaugh, he has complete confidence in him, said he's a lot more accurate of a passer than that, than he showed in that game. And I think that that could improve as the season goes along. It, you got to remember it's only week one, so there's a lot of time for him to still get better. But, yes, he does need to finish off those drives and eliminate those mistakes, or at least as many of those mistakes. Yeah, starting week one uh, at a neutral site, stadium uh against an sec school that's i am sure that there were some nerves uh there especially with all uh the preseason chatter about oh will his shoulder be fine you know what you know all this and that so i'm sure that there were some uh some nerves going on there uh but i'm with you guys I i think that that he he will get better as the season progresses um but but i'm kind of with colin i don't know if he's he's a big 10 championship caliber starting quarterback to lead your team to the promised land and get you to the playoff. Uh, do you guys think that uh, that he's going to be replaced as starter uh, by the time the Ohio State game rolls around? 
No. No chance. No, no chance. chance. John O'Corn doesn't have any pocket presence and doesn't know what he's doing back there. And I just don't <laughs> think that Brandon Peters is ready yet. Okay. Yeah, clearly Peters isn't ready or else they would have at least given him a shot. Or you would have heard something about him uh, after the spring game, which he really didn't. I, I, so he's not ready. O'Corn, we've, we've we've seen he's not ready. Yeah, I mean, he's just not the he's guy. Not, he's he, not, he a, he's not a big time quarterback. No, not, not a big at all. quarterback. He was good at Houston. <laughs> the American conference or whatever, but he's not a big 10 guy. Spate's all you have. So unless he gets hurt, he is not getting replaced. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. Just wanted to throw that question out there for you real quick. But, uh, uh, moving on here to a, uh, another segment we got, uh, which new starter impressed us the most. There were a lot out there. We didn't really have, uh, uh, an idea of how these guys were going to look, but a lot of them looked really good. Andy, we'll start with you. Which uh, which new starter, either offense, defense, special teams, doesn't matter. Which which new guy uh, caught your eye the most on Saturday? I, I think I was the most impressed with Bush, and I, I'm not mistaken. He wasn't a starter last season, a season no. ago, was he? No, no. I don't, I don't no. think I was saying because there was no one that impressed me more than that, especially the way the game started and how he almost got suspended. I mean, that can get in your head and completely shake you and make you not play as aggressive the rest of the game. He didn't let that go away from him at all. He pretty much showed the identity of what that Michigan defense is going to try to show themselves as all year. Like, if you don't like us, we don't care. We're going to get the job done. And and he was the perfect example to me of just playing tough and hanging in there after after a play that he could have obviously been tossed from. He didn't get shook or rattled. He just made plays all game. He wrecked havoc in that backfield. And, he I mean, he made plenty of tackles. So, to me, he showed the most. And there were so many new ones in that defense that stuck out that, it, you know, it kind of makes it hard. I think LaVert Hill played a good game. Um, and then, uh, you know, their whole secondary as a as a whole really didn't struggle that much. And maybe that's something to do with Florida's quarterback situation not being very good. But at the end of the day, those linebackers were huge. And I think Bush really led that charge. McCray played a great game too. But Bush just, I mean, I, I've everything you hear right now is, oh, my gosh, that Bush guy, <laughs> just, I love him. So I, I'm, I'm on that hype train right now. I think that he really is going to be a great player for Michigan this season. Yeah, I, th- I think he's going to uh, – he, he's a future star. Um, you know, I, I think I yeah. this, this guy's the limit for, for Devin Bush. But I think I'm going to go with uh, the center, uh, Patrick Kugler. I, I think that he played a real nice game having his first start at center. He's a, he's a fifth-year senior, so it's finally his time to shine. He uh he protected in the pass game well, uh, run blocking he played really well. He didn't uh, screw up any snaps to Wilton Spate. I thought he played really well uh, with that new look offensive line with uh, Cole on the left side now. Um, you know you needed somebody big and and strong to uh to replace Cole at center, and I think that uh, uh, Patrick Kugler did a a really nice job there. Uh, it, with all things uh, considered, uh, first game. Neutral site against Florida, top-notch defensive line in the SEC. I thought he did a real nice job. Uh, Colin, what, who do you got? Yeah, I agree with both you guys. Uh, obviously, Bush, I think, was the best one. Coogler was also really good. I'm going to go with the freshman, uh, Tariq Black, in his first game. He lived up to the hype, I tell you. I mean, that huge uh, 42-yard touchdown to get things started. Uh, he had another couple other catches where he leaved over defenders, really showed his size. And there was a lot of hype around him. I know his first, the first uh, ball thrown his way, he dropped, had the nerves yeah, a little yeah. bit. But you expect that out of a kid who's 17, 18. First game is at Jerry World. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like 80,000 fans. I mean, that's a lot. But he answered the bell later on. I mean, he really lived up to the hype. You can tell that Peoples-Jones isn't quite there yet with his route running. But Black has worked his ass off. And he's, he's definitely earned all the praise he's gotten. Loved what I saw of him. And I loved uh, Josh Metellus at safety, his first game. Uh, came up, forced that fumble. 
was a presence in the run game, was really good in, uh, in the passing game as well. I thought he was great. Hudson was really good, but anyone's going to be good next to Devin Bush and Mike McCray. But the way they just all flew around the field, I mean, it was so much fun to watch. And what's great is all these guys are going to be here for the next few years. It's not yeah. like last year where it was, you knew it was win or bust that year for, exactly. the, for that team. Yep. These guys are going to have a lot more years ahead of, ahead of them, so they're only going to get better. So it is really exciting. Yep, Devin Bush, like you said, is only a sophomore. Uh, so we're, we're going to get him for at least another couple years. Uh, Aubrey Solomon played a little bit there at the end. We didn't see a whole lot of him, but he's just a freshman. Uh, all these other freshmen that we got going on here. And uh, Metellus is only a sophomore. Uh, Kalik Hudson's only a sophomore. So, like, yeah, exactly. We're going to see a lot of these guys for, for a real long time. So it's it's good to see that they're developing already into uh, a good, good, exactly. good football players uh, under Don Brown Jim Harbaugh. What? What you said, Colin, about them playing a jury world for their first game, I think that's why I was a little like hesitant at first, especially when Callaway and Scarlett was still going to play in that game, that maybe they'd be a little bit nervous in the start of that game Florida could get out and get ahead. But just with how much they shut down Florida like completely on defense and how, how well they, they were able to at least start the game on offense, obviously offense still has some to work on, but that defense can win you games, and they're still that young. So that's like the most impressive thing to me. Like If they can – Start because I don't think they're going to lose, and if there's not a chance I don't think they're going to lose until they play Penn State. I don't, I don't want to like look ahead too far, but I just don't see Michigan really losing a game to that point. Um, so I I just think with the way that they played, it's just so encouraging for like the rest of the season. I think Michigan is a team that could actually compete for the Big Ten title now. I really I didn't I'm gonna be honest with you guys I didn't really believe that as much going into the season. This is the kind of game that I need to see right out the gate that this team is ready to take on a lot of teams. Do need to see them play in a true road site in the Big Ten first. That's that's not gonna be another big test for them when they do play Penn State, but they definitely have shown everything so far that they're capable of being able to do something like that. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I... Well, this defense is going to keep you in every single game. So Absolutely. it just matters if your offense yeah. shows up or not. But when you have a, you have a defense this good and you got a kicker like Quinn Norton, a weapon like that, you're going to be in every single game. Mm-hmm. So there'll be no blowouts this year. You can rest yeah. assured of that. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Michigan will be in every game they play in, I think. Absolutely. I'm with you guys on that. So to, uh, to wrap up the show here, and, and this could be the same answer from – the previous question I asked you guys, but I want to ask you guys, and I think this will be our uh, closer at every show uh, with the regular season now in full swing. I want to get your guys' MVP of the game. Could be offense, defense, special teams, whatever you guys uh, feel like having for an answer. So, Colin, we'll start with you on this one. Who's your MVP of the game? Do you say you're starting with me? Sorry, oh, yeah, no, you're good. Second. Yes, MVP <laughs> of the game. We'll start with you, Colin. Okay. All right, actually, I'm going to go with a surprise here. I'm going to go with Ty Isaac in his big game. Um, we were really waiting the last couple of years for him to really break out. You could tell he's worked his ass off to get his butt in shape. Um, he's, he's a lot smarter of a runner now, and he was just a bully. I mean, he was running through guys, around guys, stiff-arming guys. He really was great, especially on that left side with um, Cole and Bredesen. I mean, they were opening up holes for him all, uh, left and right. But he really was just great all day. So I have to go with Ty Isaac. I think him and Evans and even Higdon, they're going to be a force this year. So it was really nice to finally see Ty's at the fifth-year guy, the five-star from USC. He's finally arrived, and I couldn't be happier for him. Andy, who you got? I, I think I'm going to go with Hurst. I, th- I think he played a great game up front, and it wasn't talked about as much. And, and like, I, I think I saw you tweet this on Saturday, Von. Um, people need to thank him for coming back yes. because he played yes. a great game up front. And I, and I think I think he took clear advantage of Gary um, be, you know, being double-teamed a lot of the game, and he was able to get, like, wreck havoc and kind of hold that line in the trenches and get a lot of time for the linebackers to be able to get in the backfield 
all the work that he was doing that was getting dirty, I think I think it all started up front with that line, the trenches, and Michigan was winning the battles, not only on offense or on defense, but on offense as well. But the defense is the difference in the game, and I think that's why I give it to Hurst, just because I think that he played so well up front that it started everything else for Michigan's defense. I'm going to give it to Quinn Nordine, the uh, freshman kicker who was uh, so heavily <laughs> recruited by Harbaugh. He was he was so wanted by Harbaugh, he slept over his house. Uh, Quinn Nordine went four for six, nailed two 50-plus yard field goals. That was the first time a Michigan kicker ever did that in a single game. And uh, he, he nailed the other two. He missed two field goals, but... I'll give him uh, the benefit of the doubt. One of them was another one that was over 50 yards. I think it was 52, uh, 52 yards. And the other one, he just pushed a little bit to the right. Yeah, so uh, first game in Jerry World kicking uh, those same uprights that uh, Dan Bailey kicks for the Cowboys every Sunday. You got to have some nerves at least, but it didn't look like that early on for Quinn Nordine. And, and uh, he had the uh, wild thing, uh, uh, Charlie Sheen haircut going on and I'm gonna say we're just gonna give it to him for his haircut you got to you got to comp I had to bring it up uh but he 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 was locked (laughs) in he was ready to go he didn't look phased by anything um so I got to give it to him I think another one that I could have given it to is uh Chase Winovich for having a real nice game I could have I could have said uh Winovich for uh uh the uh, new starter as well because he looked really really good he had uh Uh that sack in the end zone uh that forced the fumble uh, that no Furbish recovered the fumble in the uh, in the end zone to seal the deal, and uh, he had a few other really nice plays. Uh, always constantly uh, drawing up pressure on Zaire, and uh, yeah, those those two guys played really well. So I would uh, uh, give it to Quinn Nordine, but if I had a close second one, it'd uh, definitely be Winovich there. But. Uh, um, we said we said before that Winovich was going to be the biggest benefactor of having Hurst and Gary yeah. alongside of him, and you can yeah. already see he's taken full advantage of that. What a monster Absolutely. game! Vaughn, I, I before we end here, I do have to. I think we did get the one question. Um, oh yeah, it, yeah go ahead. it was kind of just a funny one, I guess. It was, it was tweeted at me um, at KH Ball of Twelve was the uh, who the tweet was from. He asked, uh, "Did Harbaugh ever get that boogie out of his nose after the uh, start <laughs> of the game?" There, I, and I'm not sure. I didn't. Uh, I didn't notice, and obviously Harbaugh has a history of this going on. He uh, had the one. I, I think it was against UCF, where he was. Uh, he kind of ate the one. It looked like on camera. And obviously, he's had the. He's had the history with the headset being broken. I, I don't know what's going on with that man. I mean, the guy's just crazy, I guess, as it is. But if he keeps coaching to winning, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to complain about it. He can do whatever he wants. There's no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know if uh, if he got that boogie out or not. I'd. Uh... I'll have to ask him the next time or uh, whenever I see him, if ever, uh, really. So, um, <laughs> so we can't answer that question now. I think if you asked him that, he'd, yeah. <laughs> he'd probably give you an evil yeah, eye. He'd, he'd give me the stink eye for sure. But, uh, but yeah, that that's uh, all we have today for Victor's Valiant. We'll be back next week with our uh, Cincinnati recap, and hopefully that'll be a win as well. Uh, for Andy and for Cullen, I am Vaughn, and we will talk at you guys next time. Go Blue. Go Blue. <laughs>